have my good friend, mastermind member, all-star extraordinaire, Paulette here with us today. I'm so excited. You want to go ahead and introduce yourself and tell them a little bit about you and your business? Sure. Um, my name is Paulette Arado. I am a blogger in the over 40s lifestyle space. So uh, I, I joke, but I'm not really joking that I want to be the Latina Martha Stewart because that's who I want to be when I grow up, <laughs> except for the going to jail part. Not going to happen. Uh, she went to jail. <laughs> that's right. I mean, she's a felon. <laughs> which isn't something we should be glorifying. I just want to impact people to make their lives better. And so I take it from the DIY fashion uh, perspective. And, you know, anybody's a maker. That is my mantra. Everyone is a maker. They may just not know it yet. So that is what I try to break people through and, and get them to the passion to make themselves better, if nothing yeah. else. I love that. I love that you said you want to be the Latina Martha Stewart. I always tell people I want to be the punk rock Rachel Hollis. <laughs> so, well, there you go. Similar, similar dreams. So can you give us a little bit of an idea of what your blog is and what your business, how it's going and how long you've been doing it and all that kind of stuff? Give us the story. Give us the rundown. Okay. So in 2017, I was a, an event planner. I had been doing that for 12 years and I was traveling a lot. I had the entire Western United States as my region where I planned events. And it was a, um, a nonprofit membership organization um, made up of people who have a lot of money. So I dealt a lot with people who weren't used to saying no or hearing no. And after 12 years of that lifestyle, just like seeing my husband once a week, <laughs> Oh my gosh. Three months at a time, having him meet me in Denver while I'm in between events in, in Colorado and New York, um, just so that we can see each other for three days. That sounds it's, exhausting. How long it, did you say you did that? I did that specific job for two years and my body broke down on me. I was in my late thirties and I thought it was just a stress induced reaction. It turns out I developed an autoimmune disorder and my husband strongly encouraged me to stop working that job. And I, I thought, okay, I'll take like a three month sabbatical and then I'll go find another job. And then I realized that I hated, <laughs> I hated that what I was doing. Like I miss traveling, especially right now, but I am tired of having to like herd cats. That's what that life was like. It was herding cats and, and babysitting and no, thank you. So I decided to turn more to myself, like, what is it that makes me happy? Again, <laughs> what makes me happy? And I stumbled along for a while and, you know, was dealing with this condition and finally just started blogging. And I was really into sewing. Like I learned to sew and got into that online community space and then got known for that. Um, I manage a year long sewing challenge, which is coming to an end, which is good. So I started picking up some traction there, but I've come to realize that while I do enjoy making clothes and, and showing people how that can help you transform how you feel about yourself, that's not the end all be all of where I want to be. So I wrote a book and it was originally just meant to be for my niece when she turned 18. And what's funny is that someone who has reviewed the book told me, you know, I usually buy kids the Dr. Seuss of the many places you'll go book when they graduate. I said, that's interesting because I received that 
I, I received that too. <laughs> right. So I received that when I graduated from high school. So I received it from my sister-in-law. I wrote this book for her daughter because as lovely as that book is, it gives you zero advice about the real world. Yeah. And I think that, you know, my own parents weren't in a position to prepare me for all of the things I experienced and, you know, the things that happened in college, post-college, it's just, it was kind of raw and it was kind of, it was very difficult. I fell into a deep depression in my twenties and I learned a lot. I, you know, I don't want to say I'm, I'm happy I went through it. I'm very grateful that I've come out the other side and can objectively say the things I say in the book, which is called benchmarks are bullshit, because it's very important that people know your life script is not dictated by certain ages that you're supposed to reach milestones. And this actually was born out of a conversation I was having with a coworker who was in her late twenties. And she was, you know, very focused on trying to get married before she was 30. And I was like, why 30? What, what happens at 30 that marriage has to come before it? Because I mean, at that point I was married, but I didn't get married till my late thirties. And honestly, I didn't think I was ever going to get married. And I was, I was cool with that. But then some dude showed up and it was like, oh, I'm whole you're whole, let's be whole together. <laughs> it was a completely different relationship than I'd ever had before. But back to my point about benchmarks being bullshit, that's what kind of started that thought process about how these cultural pressures that especially women have, and especially young women have, they can strangle development in people. And so when my niece turned 18, I was like, I want to give her something more than what I got. Mm -hmm. And we grew up in similar circumstances. Like she grew up like three blocks from where I grew up. She went to the same schools I went to. Her parents are, you know, they did their best too. Like I love my brother and sister-in-law. They're great parents, but there's still a bubble we all grew up in. It's like, here's what it's like outside the bubble. <laughs> Let me just tell you this now. <laughs> here's some truth about the world. <laughs> and, and so, so the book is a compilation of, it started as five, but it's now there's a bonus lesson in there about things that young adults and quite frankly, everyone <laughs> should know or remind themselves of because even people pushing 30, even people pushing 40, 60, 80, whatever, still sometimes get caught up in this mentality that they need to break through because benchmarks are bullshit. <laughs> and yeah. Stop comparing your successes and failures against the lives of other people. Gosh, can you write one for bloggers too? Cause I feel like, <laughs> I mean, how much, how much grief and suffering do we create by comparing our businesses to other people's businesses, right? Where it's like, this is supposed to be happening faster. <laughs> Honestly, and you know, I, I just look, I only have my life to draw experience from. I got married at 38. I'm building this business at 42. And you know, this is not a unique story. Plenty of people have second and third and fourth careers that they make very successful you know, after all the other benchmarks were supposed to have been met. So yeah, there's still like a lot of that in your 20s. I think I think it's almost like the old world and the new world haven't fully merged together. Because mm -hmm. there's still a lot of that. I think of that idea, like you're supposed to know exactly what you want to do when you graduate college. And like, yeah, pick your career for the rest of your life at like 24. And like married with kids like before 30. And I just I, it wasn't like that for me either and I know it's not like that for a lot of women and it, it's almost like some of that old world like stuff hasn't fully transitioned into 
2020 yet where we are. I wanted to ask you when you were talking about your pivot, because this is something that comes up for people a lot. So you were doing sewing, mm-hmm. right? And now you're pivoting into more of this, like just making stuff in general and more of like making to have a joy-filled life kind of brand, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I never really like identified as a crafter. You know, I, I don't fit into what that mold feels like in my head. Um, so while I enjoy sewing and that was kind of my entryway into um, establishing an online presence, it it's it's not something I have the time to do right now. <laughs> so I, I can't produce clothing um, to the extent that I have for the last few years. And so my blog was always, I always considered it a maker blog, not a sewing blog, because what I wanted to do was inspire people to do and make better for themselves. And so the blog also has a lot about, and, and, and you know, over 40 is a special time in a woman's life because <laughs> her body starts changing. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, it's just like going through puberty again, um, except less, less fun. Not that puberty the first time was fun, but anyway, so it's just, it, I, 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 I realized some things about myself as I was entering my forties and I just felt really fucking good about it. And so I, I, I love lifting weights and I do it because I want to be strong, not because I want to be skinny and that changes your body in such a way that is kind of unexpected. And so when you make clothes for your body, they start to fit differently. So I kind of just married all of those things together with the, always with the intention of inspiring those who read it, that they can do it too. Yeah, I remember talking to you at one point, I I think you were feeling a little stuck in this like sewing Mm -hmm. group or something because you had this sewing group and you're like but I want to do other things and it's so good to see you like fully embodying like I feel like you're really aligned with your message and what you're doing right now and it's so awesome to see you fully embody that but what would you say to someone that maybe feels like oh I started over here but I actually want to be over here or someone someone listening that maybe is thinking about pivoting but they're like but I already have these people following me for this like what Mm -hmm. what advice do you have for pivots, I guess. Okay. So this is actually a lesson in my book. So I'm just going to drop some book knowledge here. Yeah. I love it. There, there's um, a part of the book where we talk, where I talk about decisions are not life sentences. So if you want to pivot, wait, 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 I'm going to need you to say that again, Paulette, say it again. You need to buy the book because it's a direct (laughs) quote. Decisions are not life sentences. Decisions are not life sentences. Oh Lord, man. Did that give you chills? Because it still gives me chills when I Yeah, we might need to like get that like tattoo. On a (laughs) t-shirt. I'm going to bust out my cricket and finally use it and and make a t-shirt that says it. Yeah, but this is so, so relevant though and powerful because this keeps so many people stuck in their business, right? Because they think I've never heard anyone say that, but I love that. They think their decision is a life sentence. And a lot of what I'm doing as a coach is just like pushing people off the ledge all the time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
Faith, like I am a student of yours. Like I need to hear it too. Like I wrote it. I wrote the damn thing. And I still need that reminder in my 40s, which is Yeah, well, I teach you guys the stuff I need to hear every day, right? I'm like, I'm gonna give you guys the pep talks because I give them to myself every day. (laughs) And I didn't realize when I wrote the book that I was actually writing it for myself. I mean, my niece is kind of the embodiment of me at that age. (laughs) We're very, very similar. But um, you know, it's like it's physician heal thyself. We are always working and creating the things that are for our benefit, right? Even if ostensibly they were for someone else. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's powerful stuff. And that's why, you know, it, I do say it is targeting young adults because again, that's, I wrote it for a young adult, but the lessons in there are repeated throughout our lives. Yeah, decisions are not life sentences, right? I know so many people that have come to me that have been, and I mean, like suffering, like struggling, suffering, just trying to make the right decision in business, right? And everyone's like, I want to make the right thing. I want the right niche. I want the right name. But I love that because I think as we go through life, things change, right? And as you go through your business, your business evolves. My business has evolved like a hundred times. It feels like in the last three years, even just Bree and I were talking about that because she's only been working with me a little over a year. And we were like, oh my God, like January seems like, you know, a lifetime ago. So I want to offer, if you're waiting to find the perfect name or the perfect niche, your decision isn't a life sentence, right? And it's like, everything can change. It can change. It can yeah. all change. I mean, yeah, look, that's so important to remember. I've spent a lot of money sewing. I am sitting in a room with eight large tubs of fabric. I will probably never get through. And I've decided I'm not going to sew the rest of this year. And I feel good about that. The fabric isn't going to go away. I mean, I might give it away, but it's it's the fabric isn't destroyed. The money that was spent on the fabric isn't a loss. Some beautiful things can still be made from it. So the investment that we make in stuff when we think we're going down a path is not a loss, even yeah. if it doesn't work out. And it's not just monetary investment, it's the investment in ourselves because we learned something there. You and know, time, I, right? That's- and time spent, like never, I, I never want to look at as like time sunk. I mean, I think a lot of people do that in relationships too that aren't necessarily working out. They're like, well, I've put 10 years of my life into this. Well, I put 12 years of 13, actually, years of my life into my career and I stopped doing that career. But 13 years after doing it from start to finish, I learned a hell of a lot. I know better who I am now. It was project management. Do you know what writing a blog is? Project management. (laughs) Right, and that's, that's how life is, right? You can't be scared to evolve. And I do see people do that a lot where they're like, well, I already invested all this time, like building this one site. And even though they know, they will know, they'll, they'll tell me like, you know, they'll be like, I know this isn't really what I want to be doing, or I really don't like doing this, but I've already spent five months doing it. And I'm like, five months in business is nothing. <laughs> That's like, so like two you, seconds in you normal spent world. A, you spent a blink of an eye. It, it's yeah, it so, like forever when you're going through it. I know, I know it does. It does. And so I'm a big proponent of like, don't be afraid to like burn it all to the ground. I'm like, you know, it's, there's always a new chapter you can start and there's always something better waiting for you. And I've always found when you do leave those relationships that you know are over, or you do make the pivot, you know, you need to make, when you finally do the things, you know, you need to do, there's always something better waiting for you. 
and it's always worth it. Like you never talk to anybody that's like, oh man, I wish I had stayed in that mediocre relationship 10 more years. Right, <laughs> like, right. Right. I stop traveling or whatever, right? But it's the same in business. It's the same in business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really wish I'd stayed in that job that was slowly killing me. <laughs> yeah, like I wish, I don't know any entrepreneurs that would go back to their nine to five. I can't think of, of like even a single person. I've thought, I think I've thought about it. And I think probably any entrepreneurs like thought about it for like a minute when you, if you have like a really bad day and things are really down and you're like, maybe I'll just go get a job. And <laughs> even that, like five minutes later, you're like, no, no. No, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I, I like, <laughs> I nearly preach about this one book I read. Um, it must have been about a year and a half ago called Create or Hate. It's by Dan Norris. It's. Oh, I haven't read that. Oh yeah. Did it. it sits on my desk. Creator Hate by Dan Norris. Okay. Oh, and, I, you know, I love a book, so I'll yeah, definitely get it. It's 104 pages. You'll read it in an hour because it's, it's not even big. Like this is a six by nine book. Like it's not a humongous novel. Um, and it's just, the point of it is that we are put on this planet to create something. And this is why like I'm, my whole mantra is everyone's a maker. You're a maker. I'm a maker. We all make things. So, and that's, that's the second line to this book. It's called successful people make things. And I don't believe that that thing has to be tangible, but you have to create what you are passionate about. And that book really shifted my mindset about what I wanted to do with my life. And he says that, you know, if you, like, we don't ask a fish to fly. So if you are a fish and you are trying to fly, that's not your purpose. So go and find the way that you need to swim um, or, or something to that effect. I've probably butchered that very badly. I found it right to me. I was like, yeah. <laughs> but the point we're is flying, that like, we're swimming. I'm with you. when you find, you know, like my, the Mark Twain quote, your most important days are the day you're born and the day you find out why, like when you mm -hmm. find your passion, when you find your purpose, life is a hell of a lot easier because the doubt starts to fade away that the like troll thoughts like you call them the hate is what Dan Norris calls it like step aside because I'm living my truth now and that can be grossly misinterpreted you know we've seen like rulers through history <laughs> grossly misinterpret that but like if you create what makes what, what feeds your passion and it's helping the world be a better place how can that be wrong yeah, I would, I would love to ask you about this because this is something I get a lot because I'm all over the internet, like preaching everyone to like, um, that they have a message and they have a purpose and people will kind of come back at me sometimes and be like, well, that's easy for you to say, like you blog about depression. I blog about crocheting. Like what is, what is my purpose? Like, I don't have a purpose. Like, what do you say to, to those people? Oh, wow. The people who actually create tangible things like handmade work have it a hell of a lot easier than the rest of us who have like things that live on the internet. Okay, like my book isn't even tangible. It's a digital copy. <laughs> so I, 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 people misinterpret passion and, and, and making a difference with being financially successful. Here's another tip from the book. Success is measured in happiness units. And I got that quote from a movie because you can have a lot of money but you won't necessarily be happy unless you're tapping into that passion. Now, if your passion is making money, great for you. Mine isn't. 
I don't know if yours is faith, but you're still making money, right? Like money is a tool. You tell me that all the time. I hear it. I'm hearing you. <laughs> so for, for bloggers who only blog about crochet, like that is freaking gorgeous because you are creating something from nothing and we can all see it. Like you take a long piece of string that is, you know, rolled up into a thing and you create a wearable garment that is a piece of art. I don't care if it's the shittiest scarf you've ever made and it, you wouldn't even buy it if it was, at, you know, free on the curb. You still, that was still created with someone's hands. That was still created with, you know, the, the effort that went into that, the mental brain power, the time commitment, the actual working of the hands. You can't discount that because all of the energy put into this one little scarf, as shitty as it may look, because I, I still make really shitty scarves and I've been crocheting since I was eight. The outcome isn't necessarily based on the energy that went into it. And, you know, we talk in like corny lines, like it's the journey, not the destination. Crochet and knitting and fiber arts like that are so especially about the destination because it takes so much work to get from a single piece of yarn into the end result. Yeah, I think too, there's something really magical just about people being excited about what they're doing and loving what they're doing, right? It's I think contagious. the world, I think about how much better the world would be if women just realized how special they were. Like how I think about that all the time. Are. Yeah, yeah. how, how yeah. exceptionally special. I think about the women like in the mastermind or the women in, in my community, just that group of women. I'm like, if I could just get that group of women to realize how extraordinarily special they are and how powerful they are. Like the impact of that, I think about it all the time. <laughs> like I'm like obsessed with it, right? And I think there's something really extraordinary about just being like passionate and on fire for what you're doing. And so if you love crocheting, I'm like, yeah, build a business out of it. Like, why would you not? And you'll inspire so many other people, maybe if they're not even into crocheting, just doing things that they're passionate about, right? And when you're around people that that understand that they're special and when you recognize your own gifts, you give other women permission to do the same thing. It's fucked up that we feel like we need permission, but the point is it's contagious. Like yeah. someone is living in their passions with they're radiating their gifts all over like it's fairy dust or glitter for the crafters out there. You know, that shit gets everywhere. <laughs> um, everywhere. <laughs> You're like, yes, I want that too. And and yes, they are seeking permission. And and that sucks. So we should all like get out of that headspace. But yes, it's contagious. Other people see that and they pick it up and they will run with it. In fact, so I have a, a, a weekly live event on Instagram called Maker Happy Hour Live that I started this last summer. And just recently I interviewed a crochet blogger. And on her blog, she talks about the therapeutic the therapy that that crocheting allows her because it's something you can do while doing something else. So, you know, like being with family, being with friends, uh, you can, your hands are still in motion, but she also started, she picked it back up after a miscarriage. So she was going through a very dark time and being able to lose herself into that craft really helped her mental state and helped her get out of it. So, you know, people who dismiss, I'm just a craft blogger or whatever, you're missing the bigger picture about what your passion brings to the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think 
I also think about, there's a lot of things in the world right now I find very troubling. I'm sure there, we all do, right? Mm -hmm. And I think about like, what could be more important than helping someone find peace or helping someone find joy or helping someone feel a little better? Like, isn't that kind of the most important thing there is? Like, you know, people are kind of like, well, the crafting stuff, that's like the least important. I'm like, no, like you guys are so wrong. Like, I'm like, that's actually the most important thing you could be doing right now. Like literally, like I can't think of anything else more important than that. <laughs> you know, comfort. Everyone seeks comfort. Like you do it as a child, you do it as a baby. Like all you want is to be comforted. And as an adult, you don't lose that need. You just stop seeking it so overtly. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's found in the small joys of crafting or creating or, you know, whatever it is, painters paint, singers write songs and things like that. It's like, delve into the passion because that's where you're going to find your comfort that you need. You need, you are a human being. Yeah. hundred percent. I want to ask you about your book. Cause I saw, I originally saw a video you made in the mastermind group and you were like, I decided I'm going to put this book out and I'm terrified, <laughs> but I'm so excited. And I was like, I got to have her on the podcast. Cause I know that there's people listening in the audience that have maybe passion projects or maybe a book they want to write or something they want to say or something they want to do. And they're just kind of either putting it off or they feel afraid. And I would love to hear what that process was like for you. And what made you decide, like, instead of it just being for you and your family, I'm going to put this out in the world. Like, I want more people to have it. What was that? What was that process like for you? So I'm, I'm very lucky that my family is very supportive, right? Like I wrote this book and I, I honestly, it was so like personal and, and so much of me and my personal experiences poured into it that it was only ever meant for this small group of people to ever read, who of course are going to be like, oh, it's great. (laughs) So, um, oh, but here's a typo. (laughs) That's the feedback I got from my family and someone somewhere along the way, I was telling them about it and they're like, Paulette, you need to put that out in the world. And I was like, I'm scared. What will people think of me? I'm like, well, what the fuck do they think of me now? Parading around in handmade clothes that don't fit that great sometimes, you know? So I sent it to a copy editor friend. And I was like, I want to pay you to help me make this more palatable for the larger audience. Because I'm like, you know, it's, it's super personal. I, I wrote it for, for my niece. So I, I kind of want to make it a little bit more generalized. And within two days, she was back to me and she's like, put it out now, put it out as is, put it out now. And I was like, you have got to be joking. <laughs> she wouldn't even take payment. And I'm like, well, you read it. She's like, it, it took like 10 minutes, just do it. And yes, it's a very short book. It's very short. There's, um, you know, five lessons plus a, a little bonus extra at the end. And then I found you. So um, I joined your group and in it are, are these women from all walks of life, all kinds of backgrounds who are all trying to do the same thing. And the confidence I got from people who were kind of in the same boat, because being a blogger is so solitary. It's you know, isolating. That's why I made isolating. the mastermind. Even yeah. when I started making money, it still wasn't like that fun. Like I was a full-time blogger at my house by myself working exactly. 60 hours a week. It was exactly. not fun. <laughs> It's, it's, yeah, it's very lonely. It's very lonely work. And that was a continuation from my last job because I, I worked in a satellite office and was always on a plane with strangers. And I love strangers. Like I, this pandemic, this lockdown is, is hurting me because I just want to go out and be everyone's friend. <laughs> so 
<laughs> I, I'm, you know, strangers are just friends you haven't met yet. I would make tons of friends in bars when I was like sitting at airports. So back to what I was saying. So once I finally got outside confirmation from someone who was not related to me, that there was something there, something worthwhile putting out. And I had actually thought about just putting it into blog posts and like dripping it out over time. She was like, no, package this, make it a thing. Um, it lit a spark and there was still a lot of self-doubt there. And then I joined the mastermind and all of these women who you demand excellence from. I love that you walk in, you don't get to be less than your best self in this group. It is a privilege to show up as your best self, because if one of us is having a bad day, the best of everyone else is going to lift us up. And so when I went through and added the author statement to the book, which I've since rewritten, it's nowhere near as naked and raw and vulnerable as it was the day that I, I wrote it in the first time, I had a lot of emotion bubbling up because that's when I realized I was going back to the little girl I was at that age who felt bewildered and excited, but at the same time, like completely unprepared for what she was about to embark on. And I was talking to her, like through these words I was writing, I was, I was talking to her and, and healing that part of myself. And, I, and I'm about to lose it again. And I just, oh, so I just, I just kind of lost it when I realized what was happening. And I was like, holy crap, this is, this is kind of mind blowing. That stuff had been buried for over 30 years now. Well, not quite 30, <laughs> almost like 25 years. And I just, it felt like a burden had kind of fallen off finally. Like I was like 18 year old me was still buried in there waiting for me to recognize that I needed to heal. And so that started that process. So the spark was lit when someone told me, hey, this is good, go with it. And then the embers were like ignited further when like I found a group of supportive women who were like, you can do this, we can all do this together. And then I finally just had faith in myself that if I feel something this deeply, other people will feel something. You know, obviously this is my story, so I'm going to feel it very, very down into the depths of my soul, but it will touch other people because just you and I talking about benchmarks being bullshit and decisions not being life sentences. Like, yeah, I'm 34 and I'm like, I need someone to tell me that like, you know, every day. I think we all do, right? Exactly. I think a lot of those lessons are, are timeless. I'm just so proud of you. And I'm, it's been such a pleasure just to see you going through this process. And it's been a really short amount of time because it's, I think you joined in October. Yeah. yeah, it's been 28 days. <laughs> I think I remember we did like the retreat at the beginning and we were talking about ways to make money. And she was like, I have a book sitting on my computer that a copywriter edited. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you guys think of, so, that I should sell it? And we were like, uh, no, duh. <laughs> 28 days ago, this was not the plan. 28 days ago, I was working on a maker mindset product <laughs> because everyone's a maker. And so as we're going through the process with you that one weekend, I was like, oh, wait, I already have something. Is that going to be sufficient? The other thing I wanted to ask you about while we have you here is your Instagram, because I think you have, a, like, don't you have followers and stuff on Instagram? How did you build your Instagram? Sewing. See, here's what happened. I, you know, after I uh, learned about you and Kate Doster through her Big Three Summit, I started attending more of these blogger summits. 
in the last 28 days. <laughs> and um, there was one person who's an Instagram expert. And she was like, you need to have a professional Instagram for your business. And that's where you will put out the stuff that's specific for your business. And I had already wanted to start separating my personal from my professional because again, I was tired of sewing and I wanted a professional uh, presence online that wasn't necessarily tied to all of those things because I have a little bit of, of um, I wouldn't say fame, notoriety. I, I mean, I have a following that came from the fact that I'm involved in the sewing community. And um, so I started a separate one. It has like a hundred followers as of this morning or something. Um, and that's under, you know, my business name, Petite Font, which is the name of the blog. But my original one, I got into sewing. I learned to sew online. I didn't know anyone in real life who sewed. I was, you know, home alone and, writing a blog, or actually I didn't start writing the blog until after I learned to sew and just looking for community because I was lonely and I was sick and I was tired of it. And my poor husband is, you know, the only one putting up with me. And, you know, this was back in 2017, you could still go out and see your friends. But my whole identity up to that point had been this like working woman who kicks ass at what I did. Cause I know I was good at what I did, but I, I, I wasn't that person anymore. And I didn't know who the hell I was. And I'd never considered myself a crafter. Like I have a very like linear brain. And so creativity was something that I thought you like, I just wasn't born with. Like I had a little smidge of it. So I got into sewing. I learned to sew through YouTube videos, joining Facebook groups, found it on Instagram. There's a big event that happens on Instagram every May called Me Made May. And it's about getting in touch with the clothing that you make, not necessarily like an outfit of the day every day, although that's kind of how it plays out. It's about really appreciating what you've made. <laughs> like yeah, again, that's awesome. putting your gifts out into the world. And I, I, I just, it just grew from there. And there's sewing challenges. There's a, like the sewing community is very much about its online challenges <laughs> and yeah. it, it just evolved from there. So um, now that I want to shift gears and, and, and focus more on, you know, being Latina Martha Stewart, <laughs> giving the world good advice and making sure everybody recognizes their own making gifts, like I had to recognize mine. I've since started a secondary account where, you know, I interview the people and talk about the stuff that I want my business to be built on. I still have my personal Instagram. I still post about, you know, get out there and vote. <laughs> support the local causes uh you know this is the shit that pissed me off today and that's not the <laughs> stuff that is necessarily going to go on my business account but it's still me like this is this is me my business account is mostly my dog at this point <laughs> I don't know. i've never had a very professional instagram account though but how do you feel about your new account isn't that kind of exciting to just have kind of like a clean slate yeah, it's a fresh start. It's actually pretty exciting because now, you know, I just used to throw up anything and um, my grid was like, I never cared about what the grid looked like. And now I'm a little bit more intentional with the professional side. I will still always keep my personal Instagram. It'll be what it is, but sometimes just living with intention <laughs> or acting with intention or promoting a specific idea, it, it kind of narrows your focus. I get to live that out too, however I want. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's so smart that you're collaborating and doing those interviews because I think that's a really great way to grow your account. If you guys are wondering like a smart way to grow an Instagram account, because usually if you interview people or you have people on, like usually they'll share your stuff on mm -hmm. their stuff, right? Or 
I'll do that. Like if someone comes on my podcast, like we share them and they share us and it's like, it ends up being like promotion for everyone. Or if we do a summit, all that stuff is like great for growing Instagram. So I think it's super smart to, if you're looking to grow an Instagram and you're just like, I just can't get any traction, like find another little small creator that does the same thing kind of as you and collaborate with them and share your audience with them and they share their audience with you and you guys tag each other back and forth and do interviews. And it's a lot more fun, I think, to grow accounts when you're collaborating with other people. Yeah. Have a community. Yeah. My, um, my brother grew his meme account from, you know, a few hundred to well over 14,000 at this point. And he, That's crazy. What he does, yeah, I, I, I interview him every once in a while. He comes on once every season. I and love it. There's been two seasons. Um, <laughs> And Eric just wants to make people laugh. Like that is what he makes for this world. He creates laughter and smiles and he just wants people to feel better. And that's as valid as creating something tangible. And I use that as an example of why everyone has this creativity inside of them, why everyone is a maker, because it isn't about the tangibility of your gifts. It's about the impact. I love that. And because he's willing to recognize that he's going to touch so many people, right? I'm always like, when you downplay your gifts, you're not helping anyone. And I think a lot of women are kind of conditioned to be humble, right? We're conditioned to be kind of humble and play kind of small and not take up too much space. But I always say, I'm like, you know, you're not doing the world any favors by downplaying your gifts. Because I mean, look at, that's such a great example. Cause if he were to downplay his gifts and just be like, well, I'm just posting memes like this isn't that important, right? All of those people and all of that joy wouldn't be there. But because he's willing to stand and own his greatness, he's able to impact four, what did you say? 14,000 people? Yeah, at last, I mean, I hadn't checked in quite some time, but I mean, I remember yeah, the day so he awesome. broke 10,000. I, I remember the day he broke 4,000 and it wasn't that long ago. It just like snowballed from there. But he did yeah. it through collaborating with other people in his space. And now he sells t-shirts, which are super cool. I have two of them. Yeah, and you get to have internet friends. I've met like some of my best friends on the internet. We just had my friend Coraline in the mastermind the other night. And she's she's like amazing. one of my best friends. I'm Her and I have like traveled together in real life. And like, she's, <laughs> she's great. And I met her online. So, you know, I think I just, well, I just love the internet anyway. But I think there's so much opportunity to step into your gifts, share them with the world, inspire other people, connect with other awesome people. I'm like, what an amazing, amazing thing. And it does drive me crazy. <laughs> I don't know, does this bug you? It really bugs me. It bugs me when people are like, Instagram's the worst and social media is separating everybody. And I'm just like. <laughs> Look, the world is what you make of it. So like social media can be bad and it can be good. It, it's both things. Yeah, well, I think it's funny because it. people, I mean, we're definitely on our, I'm on my phone too much, like granted, like, but I'm also like, even before I had a smartphone, I wasn't making friends like online in the grocery store. Maybe you were, cause you're, you're the friendly one, but we're all just standing there, like ignoring each other before the phones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So now we have something to like keep us stimulated in between. <laughs> I'm not everyone's cup of tea and that's fine. Like I prefer beer anyway. So, you know, you want to have a beer, we're cool. Um, but like there is a space for everyone. Like there are 7 billion people on this planet and still uncharted territory all over it. The internet is the same. Social yeah. media is just one more tool for us to connect. And yeah. you know what? Some people have bad tendencies and all they want to do is post food or like troll other people. And 
Imagine if they weren't doing that, what would be eating them up inside even more? So like, while it's not healthy, at least it's getting out. <laughs> That's not the most destructive thing they could be doing. <laughs> they could be doing something way worse. Getting fires. <laughs> I try to see the good. Yeah, I do too. Well, I think I have like the best community on the internet. So well, you do. I'm yeah, people are like, oh, you must get so much hate online. And I'm like, not really. <laughs> like, if anything, like people like are really nice to me. <laughs> like people are so nice to me all the time. It like makes me want to Kelly was saying something to me on the live stream earlier, it made me like want to cry. I was like, don't say that while I'm on the live stream. I don't want to cry on video. <laughs> Trust me, it's very cathartic. <laughs> Yeah, I well, I've cried on camera plenty of times. Trust me, mm -hmm. there's plenty of video of Faith crying on the internet. I don't think we need to add to that <laughs> collection anytime soon. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. I really, really appreciate it, and I'm so excited to see your success. Where can we get the book? The book is at, on my blog. It's petitefont.com. I don't remember the actual URL for the book specifically, but the blog is petitefont.com. You can't miss it. And I'm super excited for this to get out into the world now that I'm, you know, fully behind everyone reading it, not just my family. I think no matter your age or how, how much life experience you've had, sometimes you need a gentle reminder that you're going to be okay. Yeah. Sometimes we need an aggressive reminder. <laughs> 2020 has been one of those years. <laughs> oh, fucking 2020. You know, at the beginning of the year or at the beginning of lockdown, I was like, I'm not going to gain the quarantine 15. I cannot. My, my goal this year was to deadlift 315 pounds because that's three plates on either side of the barbell. And I, I was getting really close. In March, I hit 260 and then the gyms shut down. And the gyms in our area have not reopened yet. And even so, my doctor was like, you need to wait. <laughs> Because you know when you're when you're compromised when you're immunocompromised, like life's a little different. So I gained the quarantine 15. And I was like, Fuck. and then people were like, you know, you don't don't stress yourself out on on trying to create something new. This this isn't the time to to stress yourself out about like striving for something. You know, like all you have to do is survive, not thrive. And I was like, okay. I can survive. And then the walls started closing in because I'm inside all the time. And while I love my husband, 24-7 with any individual is like is a recipe for disaster. So I was like, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? What I can do is come out of this damn quarantine with a bomb ass business. I'm with you, girl. I'm doing it too. I had the kind of a similar experience with quarantine. I didn't, I really had a hard time because I live by myself and I work from home. And I was really trying like not to go anywhere. I got groceries delivered and I didn't leave my house for months at a time. And that is a recipe for disaster with someone that struggles with depression. I can tell you that. <laughs> it's like, so I really struggled too. And then finally, really, I was just like, screw this. Like I'm going to win this year. <laughs> it's just like, and I got in the mastermind and I was like telling you guys, I was like, I'm so tired of this year just being shit. I was like, I'm taking it back. I was like, this year, I'm not going down like this. I was like, we got to finish this year strong. And I feel like we've had a lot of good energy. People seem to really be making moves and like feeling that. I think a lot of people have kind of went through that cycle and we're all just kind of like, you know what? Like, actually, no. <laughs> like, yeah, it's actually, like, I am going to thrive, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, you need to put the energy that you use in like, like I had to just have too much energy and it had to go into something good or it was going to go into something bad. So I chose good. Yeah. So new business, whole new niche, new market. 
really excited we'll put the link for your book in the show notes and then the instagram is that where people should follow you yeah i'm at petite font on instagram Perfect. We'll put the link for all of her stuff in the show notes. It's been such a pleasure. I'm so freaking proud of you for putting that book out. I know it was like an emotional process, but I really feel like anytime we're willing to confront that stuff, like that old heavy stuff, there's all these really epic things waiting on the other side. And so I'm so excited for you to see what that is and to live that out. Cause I know it's going to be really, really special. And you have the best energy. You're just such a special person. And I feel so thankful to have you as a member of my community. And yeah, it's just been a total pleasure to coach you and to know you and to see the book, all of it. So yeah, thanks for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, guys, thanks for listening. I hope you love this episode. If you like this episode, please leave a review on iTunes. I really appreciate it when you guys do that. Come join the Blogging Breakthroughs Facebook group. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Yay! We did it. We podcasted. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I want to talk to you very quickly about the Blogging Breakthroughs Mastermind. The Mastermind is an offer I created for you to get affordable business coaching. Business coaching changed my life, changed my business, and I really believe helped me get on the path to start making six figures online. The problem with business coaching is that it can be very, very expensive. So I created this offer for new bloggers to get business coaching from me at a crazy affordable price. You get a coaching call every single week. We get on Zoom. I can talk to you about any problems you have in your business, any questions you have with your business. So you'll never be stuck. You always have a resource. You always have me as a mentor to help you throughout the entire process of building your business. Besides the Zoom coaching calls, you also get a private Facebook Live every single week. I sit in the live and answer every single question from every single member of the mastermind. So you have two chances every single week to get mentored by me, get all of your questions answered. And honestly, I really think it is priceless. The doors are closed right now, but make sure you get on the wait list and we will notify you when it opens. I would love to have you inside. You can find the wait list and all the details at faithmariah.com. I hope you guys have a great day.